let's get deciduous welcome to the saint canard files a darkwing duck podcast i'm your host will santana and i'm her muddlefoot cast as a construction worker no <laughs> actually just kidding i'm mike russo of course <laughs> what's going on mike <laughs> pretty good will pretty good how are you doing Man, I'm doing pretty good, man. Just, you know, uh, shampooing the carpet, getting the house cleaned up. we got some new furniture on the way. So, like, before the new furniture comes, you know, where the old one was, I really wanted to clean up that area, you know? Nice. Yeah, so getting that done. Um, got some new DW stuff on the way. Uh, but Stan, uh, our buddy Stan, is after a big purchase, Mike. Yeah, you told me. What is this big purchase of Stan's? He's going for that Darkwing Snow Globe. Uh I've actually never seen it before in person. I've only seen it in photos. Yeah, me neither. I've only ever seen it in photos, mostly on eBay, when it does show up. Yeah, I didn't even know it existed until about two years ago when you brought it up one day. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a rare, a very rare piece of merchandise. Okay, yeah. I, I know Taurus Bobo's in it. You think that's also a, makes it a high-demand thing because Bobo's on it? I think that's part of it. I think it was a Disney Store exclusive, too, so that's definitely part of it as well, I think. Okay, uh, I know there's a lot of Snow Globe collectors, so I know those things go for high, not just because it's Darkwing. I know there's other ones that are very expensive. I've seen like some Beauty and the Beast ones go for like seven, $800, um, Lilo and Stitch ones that are expensive. Yeah, Disney Snow Globe collecting is definitely a thing. Okay, see, I didn't even know that, man, until a couple years ago. <laughs> Disney everything is a thing. Disney has collectors of all different types of merchandise. Disney Disney collectibles are nuts. Okay, it's yeah, I don't, I don't want to... and snow globes and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't want to stay on this topic too long, but, you know, I, I wish Stan the best of luck. Um, for me, it's something I would like, but I don't want to pay two, three, four, five, six, seven hundred dollars for it. So it's it's or just got Yeah. It just has to be one of those things where someone is selling and they don't know what they have or that's really it. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, you know, someone hit rock bottom and everything's gotta go because uh my friend Joe got a great deals on some high dollar uh Funko Pops that were worth like seven hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. And he got them for like below two hundred dollars because the person said they lost their job bills had to get paid they gotta right. go you know <laughs> well it's funko pops can go for a lot yeah we, so, me and my wife me and my wife sold a funko pop a couple of years ago for almost a grand those woo. things those things go for a lot yeah, depending do, on what man. they are yeah so i'm hoping that snow globe will pop up for me one day because it does look pretty cool i can't deny that before we jump into the episode because we have a lot to say on this one yeah, uh, we... i just want i just want to reflect for a second we're recording this one on march uh, 14th, Happy Pi Day. Um, so it's been like, I think, a year to the day at this point that we started quarantine. And I can't believe how much me and you were able to accomplish on this podcast in the past year, even with a quarantine. Mm -hmm. when you think about how many people we interviewed, how many episodes we did, the virtual panel you were able to accomplish last summer. So many things we were able to do. Yeah, man. And if you still have not watched that virtual panel, if you're new to this, uh, I've noticed we got a lot of youngsters, a lot of people from the new DuckTales uh, reboot. Uh, check out that virtual panel. It's on our YouTube channel, uh, Will Santana Films. Uh, check it out. Like, if you love this, uh, the old school Darkwing, we got a lot of the voice actors on there. We got Tad, the creator. Uh, we got the musical score, um, Philip Giffen. James uh, Silvani and Aaron Sparrow. Yeah, so if you are interested in the comics or you know about the comics, they are on there. So there's a lot of info. And uh, 
Bushroot creator. Why am I name? Why is Jim I'm Peterson? Jim Peterson. He's on there as well. So yeah, definitely check that out. Now, Mike, what is today's episode? Today's episode is one of my all-time favorites. It is called "A Star Is Scorned." Um, that title is based on an old movie called "A Star Is Born," which mm-hmm. I know was recently remade a couple of years ago. Um, "A Star Is Born." A lot of shows take that title. When I when I put "A Star Is Scorned" into IMDb, at least three other uh, TV show episodes from different series came up. So this is a very popular title. Uh, okay. A star is scorned. Um, it's got Bushroot in it. It's got the Muddlefoots in it. Again, it's one of my all-time favorites. Before we go deeper, what do you think of this one, Will? I, I like this one a lot. It's not top ten for me, but I, it's one of my underrated uh, episodes. Uh, is it tier one for you? It's. It might be. Okay, you know, for you know me, how I always say it depends on my mood. Um, okay. Sometimes the flashier episodes overshadow this, mm-hmm. but this is definitely one of the most clever and definitely one of the funniest ones they ever did, for sure. It's just hard to deny there were better episodes like Nega Duck and Negaverse and Banana Brain, all of those episodes. Mm-hmm. But this one is just fantastic either way. What were you about to say? I was going to say this one is tier two for me, but I could see an argument where someone might drop it to tier three. No, yeah, you don't. I've seen people I've seen people say this is one of their least favorite episodes. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's great. Yeah, and and the last thing I want to say about this, Mike, is I really like the animation from this the this company for a change. Yeah, <laughs> we'll spend a moment talking about that when we get down to that section. Okay. Um I don't have an air date for this one. No. No, my source, who gave me all the air dates for the uh, the spring episodes in 92, mm-hmm. this one does not have an air date. Okay, but you have a production order for us, correct? Yes, number 77. Ooh, we're getting further and further in that, in that deep hole in the back. <laughs> as far as the syndicated episodes, this is only above one other episode. The one that's next? No, a few episodes from now. Okay, okay. Yep. All right. All right, so now that you mentioned our production order, uh, let's get into the writers and the animation, man. Go for it. Okay, so story, the story editor and the story was by Tad Stones, hey. which which really makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> this feels like something he should have had a hand in. I feel like this was I don't. This is my working theory that maybe they didn't know the show was getting renewed for ABC season two. And they just wanted to, wanted to write an episode that just skewers the TV uh, business, how they screw around with uh, TV shows to make them more profitable, but they ruin them in the process. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what this episode is talking about. So Tad Stone's story editor, and he came up with the story. We have a one-time writer on this one, um, someone who I had really never heard about. His name is Haskell Barkin, mm-hmm. um, born 1933, died 2013. Um, not too much on his resume. Almost all his animation work was for Hanna-Barbera between 76 and 87. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote the, he wrote the Fluffy Dogs TV special. Um, now thanks to the new DuckTales, everybody knows what that show is. And this is the, this episode of Darkwing Duck was the only Disney show he wrote for. Oh, okay. And, and he wrote a few episodes of the 80s Twilight Zone reboot. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Yes, he wrote a few episodes for that. 
Otherwise, not a very big resume. Just this one Darkwing episode with Tad. Um, if he wrote this script himself, this is a really solid script. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a really well-done script. Um, and animation-wise, we have not seen Sun Wu in a while, Will. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> we haven't seen them since Time and Punishment, so it has been six, seven, eight episodes by now. I love their work on this episode. Yes. Uh, I, there's really like a sequence where I, I really like it a lot. There are several scenes where it's great. Um, mm -hmm. This might be my favorite Sun Wu episode of Darkwing Duck. I think so too, man. So far from all the episodes we reviewed, th this is the one, man. Like this one really pops. They are at the top of their game with this one. I don't think mm -hmm. they'll ever be. The one episode I think in ABC season two is kind of gets close to this. But I think this is their best Darkwing episode. A lot of great stuff in this one. All right. And I want to also give a shout out to the voice actors. This this is a lot of there's a lot of dialogue in this episode. Like a, it's wall to wall dialogue. The characters don't stop talking. But everyone does such a fantastic job, especially Jim and Tino and Sonya. They are so good in this one. Mm -hmm. Tol Susan Tolsky too. The voice actors are really like this is like. Top of the line as far as the voice acting goes. All right, mm -hmm. so enough with this. Let's start talking about the plot. This is all a, right. There's a lot to unpack in this episode. All right, we got Goss and DW. They're riding in the Rat Catcher, and uh, Goss wants to know why they why they are in such a rush, you know. And uh, Darkwing, he he's there to meet with a TV producer. Yes, they're not fighting crime today. He has to meet with his TV producer. And um, so do you think this episode takes place in the Darkwing canon or do you think this one is completely its own thing? It's completely its own thing. Like this has nothing to do with the show. This is like the characters or actors on Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Which is part of the reason why I really love it. It's yeah. really it's really gutsy to do something like this. Yeah, and it, and it's something different, you know. We kind of get away from the old school, you know, Saint Canard crime fighting stuff. It's it's different, you know. Yeah, although Goslin's still clearly his daughter. Like they're yeah. not actors; they're still they're still related, um, in that way. And so they're going to the Dizzy Studios, not Disney. I guess they weren't going to use the word Disney, but they're going to the Dizzy Studios, mm -hmm. and they have to get back, get past the guard at the gate. Yeah, he he lets him in because uh, he thinks he's somebody else. <laughs> yeah, he's got the wrong duck. <laughs> yeah, he, he asks him where's his sailor suit, so we know mm -hmm. who he's talking about. And this guard, there's several voices in this episode by Frank Welker, you know, greatest of all time. Um, but this specific voice for this guard is the exact same voice he uses for Ralph the guard on Animaniacs, which is pretty much the exact same character, a guard at the gate. Oh, okay. Funny enough. Um, you know, the big dumb guy voice he's using here. Um, so yeah, he mistakes Darkwing for another duck. <laughs> so they go inside, and who's getting all the attention? Goslin is. Yeah, she's getting lots of attention for being a great female role model. Yeah, we hear a voice, though, before... Uh... We get the Goslin running or getting the autographs, though. Sounds a lot like Sunny Gummy, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Miss Katie Lee. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we know some other characters in this episode, too. Yeah. But another fan mistake is DW. You know, after he asks for his autograph, he's like, where's the sailor suit? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Darkwing at first is happy somebody recognizes him, but then he looks up to this gigantic lummox of a nerd who's so tall he like he can't even see his head in the frame. And yeah, he says it must be nice to get out of that sailor suit, huh? Mm-hmm. Who was that so, guy voiced by? Do you know? I'm pretty sure that that's Frank Welker too. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, you know, Darkwing he busts into uh, Rockwell's um to uh, his office, office, and yeah, he he's demanding a bigger publicity budget, like because nobody's recognizing him. Yeah, Darkwing sits at the desk and starts making all sorts of demands, including mm-hmm. he wants a popcorn machine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Rockwell. He's not too happy with Darkwing. He wants a gimmick. Yeah, I I really love this. And this is where the Sun War animation really starts to get great. Darkwing's making these demands. And as Darkwing's like demanding things, Rockwell says, you know, the public's sick of Darkwing Duck. And Darkwing goes, I want a hardened lung machine. And he passes out on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so Rockwell mentions spinoffs and Goslin gets an idea. Oh, yeah, she goes insane with it, you know? She's she's all excited. She's jumping on the table. She's uh, she, she was talking zombies and guns, and she they was all over the place. They killed her friends and stole her dad's soul. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And when when, uh, when Thaddeus Rockwell's like, you know, no one wants a little girl as a star, Coslin's ready to t- tear him apart. <laughs> that, that was kind of sexist, though. Yeah, and now we see that there's a lot of cartoon shows now that have girls as main characters. But I guess in the 90s, it wasn't as common. But yeah, yeah definitely definitely sexist. Yeah. But, um, so Rockwell has a big idea to save Darkwing Duck, the TV show. Yeah, he has a, a, a new gimmick, and he wants to bring a new, uh, like a co-star to take over. Yep. And we hear, hi, everybody. It is none other than... Bushroot. Bushroot. Bushroot is the gimmick. Yep. Um, so Rockwell says they're going to bring in Dark. Actually, Darkwing's like, who's your new audience? Cabbage Patch Kids? Yeah. And he, he threatened to shoot uh, Bushroot with that uh, weed killer, right? Yeah, he pulls out the gas gun and Bushroot, you know, cowers. He gets a plant to stop Darkwing. Um, so, yeah, even though they're clearly actors in a show, they, they, they definitely have a rivalry going on behind the scenes. So, um, so Rockwell mentions that they want to bring in a new audience of people who like mutants. Mutants are everywhere, he says, including turtle balls. So <laughs> what, what is he referencing? I thought he was referencing the Ninja Turtles. Of course he is, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he goes up to Bushroot and he says, so Bushroot, do you know any of that Ninja Chopsagi stuff? And <laughs> a great line by Tino and Sanya, he goes, is that like chow mein or something? <laughs> Bushroot wouldn't know um, So yeah. yeah Rockwell's plan He doesn't say it to Darkwing or Bushroot or Goslin But he wants to ditch Darkwing Replace him with Bushroot Because all he has to do is pay Bushroot And fertilizer Yeah, And, and keep uh, all the profits for himself Yeah he wanted to rewrite A bunch of the scripts though right Their old scripts Yeah, like, Kind of re- kind of like remix them yeah, it's a different, uh, different other types of shows. He says comedy, action, game show. Yeah. So he has a uh, what was it Crosby? Crosby. The... Yeah, yeah, Crosby's so the name of his little lackey. Yeah. So he has uh, Crosby come in and uh, start rolling the tapes. This is my favorite part of the episode. Just like the next act and a half are just pilots. Mm-hmm. The two of them are just sitting in the office watching all these pilots, and this is when the episode really gets good, in my opinion. 
it gets very creative. Mm-hmm. Um, so our first pilot features Herman Binky. Yeah, Herman Binky have a great role in this one. I think this is one of their funniest episodes. As construction workers about to level a forest to build condos. And mini malls. <laughs> and mini malls, yeah. So they're technically the villain of this pilot. Yep. Well, so, kind of, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that, though. But Bushroot's the hero. Yeah, but Bushroot gets the entrance, Mike. Yeah, he's not good at this. He comes in. I am the ivy that clogs your pipes. I am the taproot that clogs your pipes. <laughs> I am Bushroot. And he grows a giant um, uh, beanstalk on that takes away Herb's tractor. Mm-hmm. Herb says that's one way to get a parking space. And um, so, yeah, Bushroot and the Muddlefoots kind of have a conversation that, you know, Bushroot says it's not right to build condos and knock down the trees. But Binky's like, you know, we have the contracts. Yeah, she got all the paperwork, man. Bushroot takes the contract. He's like, but this says the forest will be destroyed. And Binky's like, yes, but the point is we filed it on time. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. And then Darkwing shows up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he has an interest, doesn't he? Yes, I am the slug that slimes your begonias. And that's when he goes, I am Herb Muddlefoot, cast as a construction worker. <laughs> so, yeah, he's confused why they're there. And he's like, Herb goes, it's a stretch, but we figured it would be good, for, be a good career move. <laughs> yeah. So, Herb, uh, yeah, Herb and Binky are explaining what, what is their role in this pilot and everything. Yeah. But and they're and they're stuck. They can't get out of their contract because yeah. there's fine print on the edge of their contract that forces them to do this. Yeah. So them and Darkwing are stuck doing whatever Rockwell wants them to do. Yeah. So Darkwing, he's caught between Binky's permit and Bushroot protecting the environment because Bushroot had a good argument as well. He's not wrong. Nope. So Darkwing's inclusion here kind of makes no sense. Yeah, You know, he kind of comes off as the bad guy mm-hmm. in a way. And Bushroot attacks him with pine cones. <laughs> and so yeah. Rockwell, Rockwell pauses the video. He's not interested. It's basically the same show, only instead of Darkwing as the hero, it's Bushroot. He wants something a little bit different. Yeah. So now they target the younger audience. With a kid show. It's Bushroot time. Mm-hmm. And we meet Bushroot's plant pals. It's Farmer Binky and Mr. Mulch. <laughs> so Binky's got the overalls, and Herb is actually wearing a bag of mulch. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and then uh, but yeah, Bushroot needs some volunteers. Who who's uh, who's his volunteers? He calls Goslin and Honker down from the audience. Hey, Honk is here. Yeah, <laughs> Honker. Yeah, next, next few episodes, Honker's gonna get this one. And the next one, Honker's gonna get a pretty big role. Um, so their job. He gives them a pie and a seltzer bottle, and whoever says the day's secret word, will, what's the secret word? Aardvark. Gets nailed. Mm-hmm. So they put on a puppet show, Herb, Binky, and Darkwing, where the evil duck is trying to stop Bushroot from saving the forest. Mm-hmm. And you got, you know, Darkwing, Puppet, and Herb and Binky are, you know, they got three puppets. And it's really funny. At one point, Dar- Darkwing goes, surrender, Dorothy. <laughs> Hello, yappy yeah. dog in the background. Yeah, that's my dog. <laughs> Be quiet, Ellie. We're recording right now. <laughs> yeah, we have to talk about Darkwing Duck. Yeah. But Goslin, she sprayed Darkwing pretty early, though. Yeah, yeah. Because he doesn't say, he actually doesn't say aardvark. He says something yeah. else. 
So this is a running gag in the episode. He keeps saying things that sound like aardvark, and he keeps getting nailed by Goslin and Honker. <laughs> yeah, but Rockwell, he didn't like this second episode either. No, because the little kids don't have buying power. Yeah. He wants to target it to people who actually can spend money on the merchandise. Yeah, and then, then we get into another tape. Um, Herb is setting up some dynamite, Mike. Did you notice that Herb and Binky are still wearing their Farmer Binky and Mr. Mulch costumes? Oh, I did not catch that. Oh, man. They're clearly just filming these back-to-back really quickly. So fast, Binky and Herb don't have time to change costumes. <laughs> because they're both wearing hard hats, but they're still wearing their costumes from the kids' show. Yeah. Now, and what happens next, Mike, though, I don't want to jinx it because I don't want it to go away. But uh, No, um, <laughs> it, it might not. I mean... No, I hope not. It's pretty bad, but... Uh, Darkwing and Bush are wearing commando gear, and they're going, going at it with all sorts of weapons, back and forth. Yeah, man, bazookas and guns, and it's all over the place. <laughs> I think what makes it okay is that Bushroot just realizes this isn't right. Yeah, Bushroot does kind of save it, you know, when yeah. he says, yeah, he complains that he, he doesn't use guns, and Darkwing condones, uh, uh, not condones, agrees. yeah, he condones, yeah, he agrees with it, yeah. I, I like Bushroot goes, what am I doing? This isn't like me. And you hear Rockwell in the background. Sure it is. Crosby, what's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Darkwing uses that time, to, you know, to, to attempt a compromise with uh, Bushroot. No, Bushroot's not hearing it, though. Uh-uh, he tricks him. <laughs> Did you see the plant that walks up to Bushroot with the bomb? It's Bushroot with no head. Yeah, it looked just like Bushroot. <laughs> <laughs> it's, picture Bushroot, but no head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he hands, he hands Bushroot the bomb. Uh, Bushroot ties up Darkwing and Vines, puts the bomb on him, and Darkwing's like, uh, BR, um, shouldn't you be the one in peril? And Bushroot's like, I'm a vegetable. What do I know about story structure? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they sling Darkwing into the sky and boom! (laughs) Yeah, Rockwell's like, great act break. What happens now? He dies. (laughs) Yeah, but Rockwell doesn't want to be stuck with all the Darkwing merchandise, so we can't kill him off. Upside, surefire ratings gimmick. Downside, we get stuck with all the Darkwing merchandise, so they they can't kill Darkwing Duck. Yeah. So now, oh, go ahead. Oh no, 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 no. They they get a really they get a really great idea. What's the what's the next pilot called? Uh, I don't remember what it was (laughs) called, but I know they want Bushroot (laughs) to be a doctor and a lawyer. Doctor Bushroot, M.D., attorney at law. Uh, <laughs> oh, so, man. so for Bushroot's next witness and patient, <laughs> Darkwing Duck. Now, so Darkwing... Mike. Oh, I, I was, <laughs> let me cut. Let me cut you off for just yeah, a second, ahead. Mike. Uh, not at the very beginning of this uh, pilot, but right when uh, there's a spotlight part. From that on to the end of this pilot, I loved the animation. I oh, freaking yeah. loved it. Yeah, man. Later in this se- sequence, it does get really good. Yeah. Um, so Bushroot is um, the lawyer and the, and the doctor because he has a stethoscope around his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, Binky is the judge and Herb is the bailiff. The bailiff, right. The bailiff, <laughs> yeah. right. So, so Darkwing falls from the sky because, again, these pilots are being air, you know, filmed back to back. So Darkwing falls from the sky already charred and burnt. <laughs> and Bushroot accuses him of wanting to blow up the forest. And Darkwing, who's all charred up, goes, 
Do I look like the kind of person who uses explosives? <laughs> <laughs> and I know I'm I'm throwing out a lot of dialogue here because the episode is just so funny. I'm really enjoying talking about this one. Yeah, but, but Bushroot you know, says <laughs> the my um he's kinky for condos. He says. Yeah, and Dark Darkwing pretty much he's under trial. Yes. And yeah, and Binky's ready to sentence him too. What is she try? How hard is she trying to sentence him? She's not good with math, so she's going to sentence him to an even century. Wow, that's a long time. <laughs> Darkwing's trying to defend himself. He's like, you know, I love nature. I don't want to see it turned into car parks. What mm -hmm. happens when he says car parks? Uh, I don't remember. He gets hit with a pie and sprayed again. Aardvark. Oh, yeah, that, that uh, Honker and uh, Goss, right? Honker nails him with a pie so hard right in the face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And then there well, was something with bugs that came out. Yeah, so Bushroot has in a jar a rare purple specked nitpicker that <laughs> whose home Darkwing wants to destroy. Yep. And Darkwing's like, you know, I wouldn't hurt a fly, but <laughs> I wouldn't step on a bug without checking it for full medical. Mm -hmm. And he looks in, he looks in the jar and it's not even a real bug. No, it's like it was like a twig or something, right? Yeah, two leaves stuck together with crazy glue. <laughs> Yeah, and this is when I really start liking the animation, Mike, because like now they put a spotlight on on DW. Yes, this is when the episode takes a really crazy turn. Mm -hmm. And then we get we get some new villains. Yes, so so Bushroot announces he put a herbal potion in the water supply and has turned the Muddlefoots into mushroom zombies. Where did that idea come from? Gee, hmm. I wonder. Who likes zombies? <laughs> yeah, but, so now Darkwing is retreating, and I still am loving this animation, you know, with, with the zombies. He's retreating, and, like, they, they, they have him running through this hallway, and he's, like, biting his fingernails. Running up and, a spiral staircase. Yeah, running up the spiral staircase. You know, oh, man, I'm just loving this animation. It's, a re it's really good. Sun Woo did an amazing job with this one. They mm -hmm. really gave it their A game, A game for sure. And then Darkwing gets attacked by the mushroom zombies, and who should show up to save the day? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, Go the... it's Goslin. Yep, it's Goslin. She's yeah. like Rambo out there. <laughs> yeah, she hits him at first with some butter packets, but then she whips out a flamethrower. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm still wondering, Mike, hmm, who wrote this one? <laughs> so they cut back to the uh, office, and Crosby's like, I think little girl snuck in her own script pages. Yeah. And Rockwell says they have to get her some therapy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, at first I didn't catch on. It was Goslin until the zombie part popped up. Like, this got to be Goss, man. You well, know, we and then. <laughs> we haven't seen much of Goslin in a while, so we kind of forgot about her. Yeah. But, you know, then once I saw her all rambled out, I was like, okay, I know where of this course. is going. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so th then we got another uh, different uh, pilot. Now we got Bushroot. He's, like, hosting a game show. Earth of Consequences. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he's got Darkwing on the game show. He, he calls him the environmental pest and a moral <laughs> leper. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, you know, the animation Arco in this scene, by the way, is really funny. Like Darkwing yeah. is drawn. Darkwing is drawn so strange. At one point, he takes his hat off, and his head is like three times as tall as it should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Darkwing. He's getting upset though, and he's argue he's defending justice. He says defending justice is hard work, and Goslin and Honka go after him again. Yeah, but he didn't say Ardvark. He said hard work. 
And then he goes, how can defending justice be aardvark? And then they hit him again. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we go back out to the – they're in the streets now with the, with the rat catcher, right? Almost. This act ends where Bushroot says the prize Darkwing wins is he wants to destroy – you know, Bushroots, the trees in Bushroots' environment, but now he's going to have the trees destroy St. Canard. Mm. That's Darkwing's prize. Yep. We, don't see, we don't see what happens because after the act break, that's when we see Darkwing and Goslin on the rat catcher. We don't exactly know what happened yet. Yeah. Yeah, so they're, they're on the rat catcher, and uh, uh, Bushroot pulls up in a very long stretch limo. <laughs> yeah, Bushroot's living it up. Yep. He he's the new star now. Yep. Yeah, and, and uh, he, he tells a, he says he has a meet, meeting with Mr. Dizzy. Yep. Who's Mr. Dark, Dizzy? <laughs> obviously, it's Disney. Yeah. And Darkwing's <laughs> like, I never had a meeting with Mr. Dizzy. Yeah. And on top of that, the guard won't let him in again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he won't let him in. Uh, so Darkwing and Goslin, they got to sneak into the studio, Mike. Yeah, Goslin says, I have an idea, but you're not gonna like it. <laughs> but what? How do they disguise themselves? Uh, Darkwing's got to dress up in that uh, character that has a sailor suit. It's Donald Duck, of course. Yeah. And Don- who's Goslin? She's Louie. Yeah, she's wearing green. She's Louie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Darkwing is not happy about that. Yep. <laughs> so, um, Mr. Dizzy, who you don't never see his face, only the back of his head. Uh, Rockwell Crosby and Bushroot are in a screening room. I guess Rockwell finally picked the, uh, the pilot he wants to show to Dizzy. Mm-hmm. And Goslin decides, let's go into the projection room and switch reels and show them what really happened. Yep. And um, Rockwell says, roll it. And you hear Darkwing's voice. Yes, sir, Mr. Rockwell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's up there with the real projector. So I don't exactly know if this is part of like what was scripted or if Bushroot just snapped. Mm-hmm. And started attacking things. It's hard to tell. I don't. I, don't, I mean, it doesn't bother me. But mm-hmm. I love to know what Bushroot's doing here. Like, he's is he attacking the is he attacking the fake Saint Canard? Is he attacking the real world? I can't really tell what's going on. Yeah. But he's got these giant trees on a rampage. Mm-hmm. And Bushroot's like, I thought you would have cut this part out. <laughs> yeah. And Darkwing, when they get to the pilot, uh, Darkwing's like on a bell, right? Darkwing has a great entrance. He's swinging on a church bell. Mm-hmm. He says, I am the editor that leaves you on the cutting room floor. He, and then he also says, I am the clock cleaner that will ring your chimes. And he breaks the bell and it lands on the trees. Yeah. And Rockwell is freaking out while this is happening. Yeah. No one should be seeing this. This shouldn't have been let out. This is not something he wants Mr. Dizzy to see. Yeah. So we got a, a marionette darkroom with a giant pair of hedge clippers chasing some puppet trees around all over the place. And he says to Bushroot, I have only one word to say to you. Aardvark! <laughs> so Bushroot gets pelted with pies. pies. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, Darkwing flips the game show on Bushroot, too, that game show they had earlier. Yeah, he tells him to pick door number one, door number two, or door number three. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this next thing that is probably my favorite of anything Tino and Sonya ever said is Bushroot. He doesn't know which door to pick. So he's going, door number one, two, no number one, definitely three, no, sorry, two. Sorry, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Darkwing feels bad for him and opens all three doors, mm-hmm. uh, which are termites and bark beetles. 
<laughs> poor Bushroot. Yeah, poor Bushroot. <laughs> and from there we go to a talk show. Yep. And someone has a compromise. Yep, Honker. It's Honker, yeah. He hasn't said too much, but I like that he's the one who comes up with this compromise. He says that you shouldn't level a forest, but people need somewhere to live too. Why yep. can't you compromise? Yep. So then they uh, they build the condos on the trees. Yeah, so Bushroot gets along with the Muddlefoots. They agree to compromise, and everyone lives happily ever after. And Goslin says, all thanks to our hero and star, Darkwing mm -hmm. Duck. Yep. So I'm glad it ended happy for Bushroot and the Muddlefoots and everybody's, you know, friends. But Mr. Dizzy tells Bushroot not to quit his day job. So Bushroot ain't getting a show. No, nah, he's not getting it. And then uh, Rockwell gets in trouble. Yeah, as for Rockwell, he brings in the boys in accounting. Yep. Who are the boys in accounting? Uh, Lucifer. Yeah, I've got a pair of Beelzebubs who come out with uh, briefcases, and they're like, let's talk about your expense account, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> this time it was voiced by someone different, right? Yeah, it's not Marty Ingalls. I'm not sure who did the voices here. Could have been Frank Welker. Okay. Um, so it, maybe it's implied that Thaddeus Rockwell's going to hell. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> that's kind of what it looks like. He's yeah. By, the last time we see him, he's surrounded by fire. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. So we're wrapping up. Who does get a spinoff? Uh, Darkwing, right? No, the Muddlefoots. Oh yeah, the Muddlefoots. And, <laughs> and then, Herb uh, says to Darkwing, "You want to play my wacky neighbor?" <laughs> yeah. And then then we get a cutscene, right? So now we cut to the real Drake and Goslin. This is this is clearly the real ones from the real ones from St. Canard. Yeah, yeah. They, they shut off the TV and Darkwing says, that's the trouble with television these days. There's never anything good on. And he points <laughs> he points the camera at the audience and shuts us off. Yeah. And oh, I just noticed we we missed uh, some vehicle cameos. Oh, we didn't mention that. No, the, we didn't everything we yeah. discussed this before we started recording. At the yeah. very beginning of the episode, when Darkwing and Goslin pull into the studio, we get a quick shot at the parking lot. We see Benny the Cab from Roger Rabbit. We see mm -hmm. Cinderella's coach and Cruella DeVille's uh, car sitting I in the only, lot. I only noticed Benny. That was the only one I noticed. I didn't catch the Cinderella and Cruella DeVille's car. Benny's the most obvious, and the scene yeah. goes by really quick. It's so fast, yeah. I saw Benny's, though, right away, because he was the closest one to the screen, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, yeah. when the episode ended and Drake hit the remote control, I watched this yesterday with my daughter, and when he did that, she goes, hey, he shut us off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Mike, man, let's get into some I, uh, review and some scores on this episode, man. I love this episode so much. I really, <laughs> really do. When people ask me what my favorite episodes are, for some reason, I never mention this one because I probably have never told you I love this one. No, you never have. You it never mentioned, comes up. You mentioned that it was uh, under the radar for you, though. Like, a lot of people don't talk about it, and you liked it, though. But you never yes. said how much you, you loved it. You never said that. I, I love it so much, I'm going to give it a five. Woo! Really? I think it's, I think it's a fantastic episode. It goes out of the box. Like, mm -hmm. it's it's stomping all over the canon of this series. Like, stomping all over it. Okay. The Muddlefoots are hilarious. Like, this is the last great Muddlefoot episode. Mm -hmm. It's the last solo Bushroot episode. And Tino and Sanya's is nailing everything Bushroot says. Darkwing's funny. Goslin's funny. Honker's got a good role. 
the animation is like this is the best Sun Wu episode. It definitely it is. is. I, I can't argue that. I can definitely not argue that. It's so creative, and it's just it's making fun of the television industry, mm-hmm. just how they ruin shows by retooling them. Okay. Like, like clearly, Tad Stones had something to say with this episode. Clearly, he had a, he had something he wanted to say, and mm-hmm. you definitely feel that when you watch it. It's a really smart episode. That's one. It's something that maybe as a kid you might not like it that much, but the older you get, the more you get the jokes. Okay. And I really love it, and I just want to give it a five. Wow. Very few episodes going forward are getting a score that high. <laughs> um, maybe one or two more, but yep, five. How about you? Okay, I can't go quite that high, but I can see your argument. Uh, to me, you have a fair argument. I'm gonna go uh, a four. I, okay. I love, yeah, I love all the cameos. You know, with the Donald, the Louie, Benny, uh, Corella Deville. Uh, I, I just love this episode, man. You know, the Muddlefoots are hilarious in this one. I wish Honker would have got a little bit more playtime, though. Just a little bit. Just Next a little week. bit. Next yeah. week. Um, Goslin, like you said, I, 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 I forgot about her, but the way they brought her back is just hilarious, man. It's hilarious how they bring her back with the mushroom uh, zombies and having her up there like Rambo and stuff. <laughs> going into the projection room was her idea, too. So Yeah, and, and, you know, the whole episode, even though that there's so many pilots, the whole episode is based on the environment and uh, the Muddlefoots, you know? Right. Yeah, it's really that whole plot line that keeps going with it. So it, it's really cool. Um, the only oh. argument I had that I what I don't like about the episode is I didn't really care for the game show and the, the kid audience pilot, though. Okay. You know? The animation is strong on those. I just didn't really care for them, but I, I did like the, um, you know, with the bulldozers in the forest. Uh, right. I de- yeah, I definitely like the mushroom zombies. I liked all of the other stuff. Uh, the trial one. So the trial one is great. Yeah, the trial one is definitely amazing. Uh, Crosby and Rockwell are great. I can't argue too much about this episode, man. It's, it's great. It's a 4.0 to me. Yeah, the game show I can't hate, if only for environmental pest and moral leper. Mm-hmm. Like it was a great insult. Yeah, uh, four is good. Four is good. I'm yeah, not gonna good. argue with that. Okay. Uh, do we have a villain to rate on this one? No, no one no. worth rating. Okay. Um, it's you know it's our last solo Bushroot show. Oh. Has your rating on Bushroot changed at all since we started doing the ep- this podcast? Yes. Uh, I need to rescore him. Are we gonna do that now or we could. you want to do it? In his uh, last ep- in his last episode, we have too much to deal with in that one. So mm-hmm. let's let's go back to him now. Let's talk a bit about Bushroot. Let's wrap up Bushroot for this episode. I think Bushroot was one of those characters that came on too early, and then he finally got stronger and he finally evolved. Uh, you know, the whole plant thing kind of seemed pretty weak, but the jokes and I think from it's a wonderful leaf is where I really started liking Bushroot a lot. Absolutely. I'm going to definitely co-sign you on that one because, yeah, Bushroot was very early on. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the plant thing is as fun as Megavolt or Quackerjack or Negaduck, mm-hmm. definitely. But you're right. Once And then Bushroot kind of disappeared. He didn't have any solo episodes for a long time. Yeah. And then we hit It's a Wonderful Leaf, and then all of a sudden, Bushroot just came into his own. Yeah, he came into his own, got like different storylines. They got him away from uh, St. Canard on a couple episodes, like, you know, Twin Beaks and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, man, Bushroot was just, oh, man, he really came a long way. So I guess my score for him, I'm going to give him a four and a half. My score for him was four when we mm-hmm. did Beauty and the Beat. So I'm going to bump him up. I can't I can't put him on equal terms as Quacker Jack, Negaduck, and Bushroot. I can't mm-hmm. go five, but I'll give him four and a half. Yeah, that's what I gave Liquidator too. So I think that's a good score for him. Yeah, because Bushroot Bushroot isn't flashy. Yeah, he's not like, flashy. I don't think he's really anybody's all time favorite either. I haven't heard people say, "Oh, Bushroot's my favorite." Uh, I know you, a few people. I know a few people that follow our podcast Facebook page and right. our, or in our Instagram, but they're they're not that high. The numbers are not that high for Bushroot. No, certainly mm-hmm. not as much as Quacker Jack or Mega Vault. Um, but he's just such a great character. He has all this depth and the mm-hmm. voice acting for him is so great. So yeah. I'm happy, I'm happy to raise my score on him. Okay. All right. So, uh, that's a, a star of scorn. Uh, Mike, what we got next? Another classic, n- another all time classic by Dev Ross. Ooh, I already know what it is. <laughs> we are talking about, I think the defining, Goslin and Darkwing episode, and probably one of the best Negaduck episodes ever. Mm-hmm. Quiverwing Quack. You know, I think we're supposed to have a guest for that one. I can't, uh, didn't Tori ask for that one? We will have to check. Yeah, de- I definitely have to check. It might not be able to work out because, you know, she started working recently. So we'll see how that turns out, if so, we can get her no, on or not. So no promises, listeners. We'll do what we can. Mm-hmm. All right, so we got Quivering Quack Nest, uh, Dev Ross, man. That's that's a great one. I love that one. It, yeah, this is her masterpiece. This is the last one she wrote solo without Tad. Okay. So, Mike, for the people who tuning in for the first time, where can they find us? We are everywhere. Stitcher, Spotify, Google, iTunes, YouTube. We have lots of stuff on YouTube besides the podcast. Um, <laughs> iHeartRadio, Pandora, uh, Radio Public, and Pocket Cast, including – and also – Way more other things I don't mention. Um, any shout-outs, Will? Uh, the only shout-out I'm going to give is to the people who listen to us on Apple. Uh, I noticed an increase on our Apple listeners. Uh, it was increased by 11%, Mike. All right. That's a that's a big amount. When you, yeah, when you that's a pretty it. big amount. Yeah, so thank you to all the people who found us on Apple and you're tuning in to us. Uh, I, I'm assuming it's some of the DuckTales guys, uh, fans. I don't want to say guys. That's pretty sexist, but uh, uh, DuckTales fans. You know, male or female, yeah, appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks everybody. Mm-hmm. I think I think um maybe the cross promotion with Duck Talks might have helped too. Yeah, that might have helped too. That was that was really fun to work with them. Oh, well, that was real. We should do something with them again. Yeah. All right, guys. So that's gonna wrap this episode up. You know, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure y'all check us out next week for a quivering quack and stand. Good luck on that snow globe. And uh, well, well, I only have one more thing to say to you. What's that? Hardvark. all right good night everybody stay dangerous good night surrender dorothy